So oh, welcome to this week's podcast. You want to introduce your podcast assistant, Jack? Yeah, so we've got him back for his second bite at the cherry, second Roman last, McKenzie. Second last welcome. bite at the cherry. <laughs> Just joking. Always filling me with confidence, Simon. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Nice to see you, Roman, and hear you. Absolutely. Good to have you back, Roman. We didn't sack you after your first appearance, which is always something. Mm-hmm. It's good. Pretty sure there was a claim in that somewhere. <laughs> John, can you send Roman? One, two, three, four. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed for managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. This is our Law Behind the Movies podcast, or ELIP, ruins the films you love season. Each week we take a watching a film, we'll use the podcast as a short and snappy film review, with a particular focus on any topical employment issues arising from the plot. So this week's film is Zootropolis. Um, which did you watch it, Jack? Did you? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it, as did the children. They loved it too. So, very good, good recommendation. Do you watch it, Roman? Did you? I did. Both halves. It was. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Um, John, to the brief plot in one sentence, Roman. Yeah. In a city go. where predators and prey live together in harmony, a rookie bunny cop and a con artist fox must work together to uncover a conspiracy. So it's basically um, forty thousand, Jack. Is that the film? Yes. The cop film? The cop film, kind of 40 years. It? Pretty similar, yes. Yeah. It's like an animated version of that featuring mm-hmm. animals and mammals. Or even um, Judy Hopes, the rabbit, could be Clarice Starling, FBI agent. What do you think about that? I see that, yeah. I mm-hmm. see that when when you see some of the scenes when she's going through her training. Mm-hmm. did make me think of some of the scenes from Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Okay, the brief plot is as follows. Um, Judy Hopes is a bunny who dreams of being a police officer. We see her going through training and against all odds and beating up other predators, passing her police training, then being assigned meter mate duties. And Judy is hustled by Nick Wilde, who is a con artist fox, but they later become allies. After being assigned the meter mate duties for a couple of days, Judy volunteers to find Emmett Otterston, an otter who is very sadly missing. A sea otter? Just an otter, just an otter. No, it's a regular freshwater otter. (laughs) Um, Chief Bogo, Judy's boss, reprimands her for offering and secretly tells her that she must resign from her job if she can't solve the missing otter within 48 hours. That's a narrow timescale to work with, isn't it? Totally. Judy firstly suggests that the city mayor, Lionheart, a lion, Mm -hmm. is to blame for the missing mammals, leading to the mayor being locked up. She later discovers that it's mayor assistant, Don Bellwether, a sheep, who is to blame. And the tagline of the film is, anyone can be anything, um, which I think is a good tagline to have. Okay, so employment issue number one is what, guys? What's, your, what's a employment issue number one, Jack? Right, so on Judy's first day after qualifying from her training, Chief Bogo. Mm-hmm, or Bogo. Idris Alba. Mm-hmm. allocates out the various different tasks to all the newly qualified police officers. Uh, each police officer gets allocated a missing mammal case. And as they've all been allocated their cases, they're all trailing out of the of the instruction room, leaving only Judy on her own. 
Chief Bogle says, Officer Hops. Parking duty. Dismissed. Parking duty? Chief, Chief Bogle, you said there were 14 missing mammal cases. So? So, I can handle one. You probably forgot that I was top of my class at the academy. Didn't forget. Just don't care. I'm not just some token bunny. Well then, writing 100 parking tickets should be easy for you. So again, here's a situation whereby um, Judy is the same status as the other police officers and she has signed parking um, fines, meter maid duties. Um, what is that, would you say, Jack? Is there an employment law claim for Judy against Zootropolis Police Academy? Yeah, potentially, because is it not the case that all the other officers who get assigned to the missing mammals, mm-hmm. those are all males? Yep, and Judy's and, female. And Judy's female. So potentially is the line manager allocating the different duties because of her sex? Potentially. What do you think, Roman? Well, yeah, an example of this could be an employer giving a male employee a promotion over a female employee, even though the male is less qualified and has less experience. The female in this scenario could have a claim that her employer has directly discriminated against her because of her sex, and a male employee could have done the same thing if the situation was reversed. Totally. So again, I suppose Chief Bogle said, didn't forget, just don't care. Um, Does that that make a difference, you think, to any claims she would have against... um, the police academy well the rule for many years was to apply a but for test Mm -hmm. for example in a sex discrimination case the court or tribunal might ask would a have treated b in that way but for her sex however the house (laughs) of lords recognized in a 1999 (laughs) case that in most cases the respondent's subjective thought processes are in fact a central issue The correct test is therefore what was A's conscious or subconscious reason for treating B less favourably. This is is necessarily a subjective process. Okay, so again, the tribunal can say, okay, so was Chief Bogle consciously or even subconsciously saying give this duty to a female because she is of that specific sex? What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I would say that that would stand quite good prospects as a claim. Mm-hmm. Certainly that was my interpretation of the situation when watching the film. Mm-hmm. It appeared um, clear to me that, you know, that was obvious because of Chief Bogo's views that she's just some daft wee bunny. Some dumb bunny, wasn't some it? Dumb bunny. Some dumb bunny. Straight out the academy. So yeah, I would say there's good prospects there for uh, direct discrimination for Officer Hopps. Great. Okay, employment motion number two. Um, this is where Judy offers to find the missing otter. And stepping up in front of her boss, she offers to find this missing otter when she meets um, the wife of the missing otter. Um, and Chief Bogle closes the door to his office, leaving Mrs. Otterson outside as a direct conversation with Judy. And he says, you're fired. What? Why? Insubordination. Now I'm going to open this door and you can tell the otter you're a former meter maid with illusion of grandeurs who will not be taking this case. So again, pretty bad for poor Judy to hear that, isn't it? Yes. To be fired for taking a piece of work and showing that she's willing to take on hard cases um, doesn't strike me as good industrial relationships. (laughs) But then uh, assistant bellwether, the sheep, interferes and tells Mayor Lionheart that Judy's taking the case. And he says, I'll give you 48 hours. That's two days to find Emmick Otterson, but you strike out, you resign. Mm-hmm. So there is a kind of uh, a threat by the boss to the employee. Strike out, fail to find this missing otter in two days, and you resign. What do you mean about that then, Jack? 
not sure that that's entirely good, uh, fair. No. It does feel to me as though that would be like maybe um, a unilateral variation of contract if yes. the employer's saying, strike out, you resign. That's not been accepted by, by the bunny. You can't just, an employer can't tell people to resign or tell people that if you fail to do X, Y and Z, you resign. And even if you did resign, could that resignation be lied upon by the employer, would you say, Roman? I'd say no, because an employer can't accept a resignation which is either ambiguous or made in the heat of the moment. In that case, the resignation will amount to a dismissal and the employee might have a claim for unfair dismissal. Good. Okay, so first claim is on the basis of direct sex discrimination for duty against the police academy. Second claim is the fact that um, Chief Bogle says two days... Find the missing officer, feeling which you resign. Again, that is unfair too, isn't it? Unfair dismissal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So employment issue number three is what? Right, so throughout the film, we hear the following phrases. Dumb bunny, sly fox. So when Judy Hops enters the police station for the first time, I love, I love the names, <laughs> I love the names. Officer Clawhauser, <laughs> um, I gotta tell you, you're even cuter than I thought you'd be. Judy's response is, ooh, you probably didn't know this, but a bunny can call another bunny cute, but when other animals do it, there's a little... Oh my goodness. Oh, um, goodness, I am so sorry. (laughs) So is that potentially unconscious bias, you say, Jack? Yeah, I suppose it could well be. Unconscious um, bias is, unlike a conscious bias... Unconscious are the views and opinions that people are unaware they hold. So, for example, they might be automatically activated and frequently operate outside conscious awareness. Like that. Mm, That's good, Jack. Affect our everyday behaviour and decision-making and are influenced by our background, our culture, our context and our personal experiences. So here's an example for you here. So here's a story for you, isn't this story? So a young boy and his dad are driving along the motorway. They get into a terrible car accident. The dad dies on impact and the son is rushed to hospital. When you look at the, the son, the surgeon says, I'm sorry, I can't operate. And they say, why? And the surgeon says, this boy is my son. People say, how can that be? Because the dad was killed in the car accident. However, of course, the answer is the surgeon is the boy's mother. So as you'll tell, potentially, you think a surgeon of a man, potentially, which is wrong. It can be a man or a woman. Or a woman. Very good story. Oh, wasn't that good? That idea. was a good story, yeah. You're both looking bamboozled. You've been bamboozled. I was thinking exactly that. Well, that's <laughs> obvious. That's the mum that's the surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, as we've seen, potentially unconscious bias occurs in this film a lot. And again, you'll see when the sloth, remember the, the scene with the sloth, where they do a license plate check. Remember <laughs> that's, that, Jack? That was my favourite scene in the film, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> and again, they walk in to the license plate check office and they see it's manned by sloths. And um, Judy says, you said this would be quick. And he says, Nick says, are you saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast? I thought in trouble, anyone can be anyone. So again, sometimes you see that kind of potentially unconscious bias in that film too. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. There's quite a lot of unconscious bias throughout this film was one of the themes that I was picking up on. Totally, totally. But um, then 
they say that a sloth he can be fast, but then you proceed to watch the scene, and it takes him a <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, typing in the number plate. Remember that? Takes the sloth about half an hour to get the number plates. He does redeem himself towards the end of the film, though. He where does. It turns out he's end. actually a street racer, and he's moving pretty fast at the end. There you go. There you go. So again, the title of the film was "Anyone Can Do Anything." which is the tagline of the film. At the end, you'll see Judy says the following, isn't she, Jack? Yes, so Judy says, It turns out that real life is a little more complex than a slogan on a bumper sticker. Real life is messy. We all have limitations. We all make mistakes. The more we try and understand one another, the more exceptional we will be. But we have to try. I implore you, try. Try to make the world a better place. (laughs) Look inside yourself and recognise that change starts with you. Starts with me. Starts with all of us. <laughs> well done, Jack. That's flimming deep for a wasn't Disney Wasn't that really film. deep, wasn't <laughs> it? That is. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was anyway. A good ending. Okay. So let's go to a takeaway tip, shall we? So tip one, Jack, is what? So remember that when we meet people, we often judge them based on what we see, like their age, their weight, their attractiveness. But we may also judge them on things like their accent or where they studied and their socioeconomic status. Make considered decisions, not fast decisions or decisions based on protected characteristics. Okay, tip number two, Roman. You could consider using rotas to avoid stereotyping. One employee could take minutes, another employee can organise refreshments. This avoids the potential of gender stereotyping. And tip number three is consider as an employer conducting unconscious bias training for your staff. Good tip. That's a good tip, yeah. I actually saw that tip given in a grievance report okay that was an actual recommendation nice okay so marks out of 10 for this film Roman come on out of 10 for um, Zootropolis what'd you give it I'm gonna give it an 8 wow that's a great score Roman for the scene of the fox stroking stroking the sheep's fleece (laughs) where it says it's like cotton candy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was good JB mark out of 10 for Zootropolis I'm gonna give it a 7 oh good higher than the bodyguard isn't it Higher than the bodyguard, mm-hmm. yes. I think probably because the kids enjoyed it as well. Good. I also think Officer fun. Hops is more believable than Kevin Costner as an action <laughs> star. <laughs> I'm with you there, Roman, I'm with you. I'm going to give it a 10. You know what I mean? A 10. Good 10 stuff. out of 10. High praise. But high praise indeed, Si. Okay, so which film next week, Jack, is your choice next week? Which film next week? Next week, I would like to nominate a film which features... Um, Anne Hathaway. Okay. Any guesses? Oh, I don't know. Is it Les Miserables? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. What is it then? The Devil Wears Prada. Good one, Jack. <laughs> the ultimate chick flick. An absolute icon of a movie. And I think, okay. I think I'm going to need to watch it again, but I'm sure there are some employment law plots that we can pick up on there, guys. Miranda Priestley, is she bad, a bad employer? Yes, she is. Is that Meryl Streep mm-hmm. or Glenn Close? I mm-hmm. always get those two mixed up. Mm-hmm. And is um, Andy's colleague a bad to her too, is she? Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt, indeed, but let's not try into spoiler territory, <laughs> okay. Simon. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> that was done today? I think so. Good stuff. Good stuff. Cheers, and cheers for joining us, Roman. Good to have you Thanks back. Thanks for having me back again. Bye. Bye. Bye.